before we kick off this episode of Keeping It Candid in Quarantine, we wanted to take a moment to give thought to everyone affected by COVID-19 and make it clear that we realise that there are many different experiences of what's happening at the moment. For millions of people, lockdown is not a period of reflection and self-care, or getting through as many novels and activity humble brags on Instagram as we can. It's a reality of people losing family members in grief, deciding between being able to afford hot water or food, job loss and the huge financial worry of universal credit not coming fast enough and or not covering rent payments, let alone anything and everything else. We're recording and keeping it candid in quarantine with the hope of providing some light relief for listeners throughout this time. Hello and welcome back to Keeping It Candid. It's so nice to be back, even if it is during a time where we're all feeling a bit stressed and anxious. I thought it was a good time to bring back the podcast so that we can open conversation. And sadly, because Sophie has her new podcast now, I have a new podcast host, which is very exciting. So I feel quite sad about it, but also very excited about it. Um, Lauren, say hi. Hi. So I'm Millie Cotton and... And yeah, I'm Lauren. Lovely to meet you guys. So, so excited to have you, Lauren. Um, how are you doing? How have you been finding everything that's going on? Yeah, um, I think like most people, I think I am kind of, I've went through the different phases of being slightly obsessed with everything going on and like watching absolutely everything and following everything on Twitter, through the news, and then also becoming really disengaged with it and sort of fed up and a bit bored of all the conversations so I've been going through those phases over the past couple of weeks and I think yeah I think I'm just now on a phase of trying to focus on what is good for me and what will make me happy and my friends and my family and keeping them safe and keeping them sort of mentally strong um and yeah but apart from that I think I'm doing all right yeah so far so good I literally couldn't agree with you more you've literally just put it perfectly I mentioned Sophie's new podcast, and if you haven't listened to it yet, it's called The Private Message Podcast, and it's Sophie and Gemma Talbot talking all about relationships and everything else in between. I think there's literally no conversation that's off limits, and it's a great listen, so if you haven't checked that out yet, go and listen to it on iTunes. But for now, Lauren, how do we know each other? I feel like it's important that we get to know you a little bit. Yeah, um... Okay, so yeah, I'm Lauren, um, and probably guessed by now that I'm Scottish, so that's where I'm from. Um, and we know each other, um, we've known each other for about five years, Millie. I thought it was mad. longer, you know, I didn't realise it was only five years. Really? Yeah. I think it's mad, it's been a fast five years. It has. Um, so I moved um, to London after I left uni, and moved straight in with you and daughters, um, and yeah, we lived together for like nearly two years or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somehow stayed in contact after that. And here we are. <laughs> somehow stayed in contact. Cheers for that. <laughs> stayed feeling really well. Uh, <laughs> We're not like best yeah. friends or anything, no. No, you don't. No, like, nothing like that. Nothing like that. that. No, no, no. Um, um, oh my God, do you remember yeah. the first day that we met like the day when you came to view the flat I was so hungover and the last thing I could be asked for doing was like cleaning the entire house oh my god I was hungover shocker um (laughs) and you came in and you were like you were so hyper and bubbly and like I was like oh my god 
god but you seemed really really sweet and lovely so I was like you'll be great that'll be fine we'll get on really well I was just having such a bad day um yeah yeah what what do you remember of that so I so I I was still in Durham at the time and I literally got the mega bus from Newcastle to London first thing in the morning and had been traipsing around the entire of London for the entire day like I'd been from Notting Hill to Marylebone to Peckham to Shoreditch <laughs> and then I think like yours was the last viewing that I had and if I'm completely honest the only thing that I wanted to do was get back to the station in time to watch the World Cup final in the pub because it was the same day as the World Cup final and I was I really couldn't care less at this point I'd seen so many flats and all of them worse than the next and I was like this is it I am giving up at this point and came into the flat and it was honestly like it actually had space and it was clean and you didn't seem like a psychopath so <laughs> all of these things I Very was like okay <laughs> yeah I was like one up that's it that's fine I'll I'll go with that one um yeah and then but my favorite like that was fine because I think the visit was fine even though that you were really you said you were really hungover I think you seemed all right or maybe I was just like too bored at this point to actually realize um but it was when I moved in and you were out gallivanting somewhere and Doris and I decided to have a glass of wine on on the couch and like be just chilling in the living room sort of getting to know each other which was basically like the theme of the rest of the two years just Doris and I sitting in drinking wine and you're out gallivanting and partying and that's basically it's basically even that but then I I was just chilling out had just moved all of my stuff down and next minute this like little ginger cat passes over the living room and I was like um is that supposed to be here is George like it's is that cat like with you and she was like yeah did Millie just not tell you and I was like no what and you just somehow forgotten to tell me that you had a cat. I was like, this is probably quite important information had I been deathly allergic. <laughs> Can you even imagine? That's what you know. I don't remember whether I told anyone who came to view the house that day that there was a cat. I, I literally, I just feel like it's something that bypassed my mind. I don't know. It's not an important piece of information. Apparently no. not, no. But no, it was, a, it was a funny day and a funny time. And we no longer yeah. live together, but... No, we don't. <laughs> we still have fun times, I like to think. We do. Um, and now with self-isolation, it's basically like we live together again because everybody's far apart, right? Yeah, exactly. So, that's so true. We're so far apart, but also we're so connected the entire time. Mm. To the point where I've actually had to start saying no to things, which is quite funny because that's how it is in real life, that I'm like... <laughs> Particularly yeah. introverted, but extroverted at the same time. What else have you been doing? What else have you been up to? Um, how have I been spending my time? Yeah, so I, I've been sort of keeping busy. I sort of, I tend to like have like a lot of projects on the go, usually anyway. Like I like to keep myself busy, and thankfully a lot of that I can do from home. So I'm still working. So I'm working from home, which mm. is probably like a blessing. I feel as if if I wasn't able to be working, then I'd be really struggling by now, by like the four week mark, 
to like keep my days quite filled and keep them different and interesting. Um, and also I'm a bit of a workaholic, so yeah. Uh, but I so things that I've been up to, I've done a um, a bake off, which for most people that know me know that that's a ridiculous and also hilarious feat um, because I'm a terrible baker. Um, so we did it all virtually. There was like a group of us, and we basically took the approach of doing like what is in your cupboard type thing, so like so that nobody had to go out and buy like non-essential items to take part. Um, so we had a couple of different recipes, like the classic banana bread was made by a few, um, and I made these incredibly limey um, biscuit empire biscuit type things. Um, but we, I managed to play something that I like to refer to as mystery flower, <laughs> which is that my mum, for some reason, has like four or five different Tupperware boxes in the cupboard, which is full with miscellaneous flour. So it's not labelled. None of them are labelled. So you don't actually know what you're using. So it could be rice flour. It could be self-raising flour. It could be plain flour. It could be really in. It could be an amalgamation of all of them. Wow. Um, and you just don't know. So I just like picked what I thought was going to be the plain flour, and and went with it. And it, I mean, it tasted all right. I don't know if it was supposed to look like that, but it tasted all right. So yeah. I've been um, baking so much as well, like just cooking and baking and eating probably about 500% more than I usually do. And I usually cook quite a lot, so I think that's saying something. But it is incredibly cathartic though, isn't it? And I don't know if you've seen that banana bread meme that's going around, but I am the mm-hmm. epitome of that. I've made so many banana bread. I'm, I also, yeah. like when I did it, I so it took me like three hours. It was supposed to take an hour and a half, but as I said, I'm a bit of a disaster when it comes to baking. So it took me three hours. Um... But it meant that was I was standing up for three hours, um, and it's not that I'm like standing up and doing exercise or something. But I was standing up and like not just sitting and lounging and sitting in front of a screen, mm. um, which I just found really, I don't know. Like, but when I came out of the kitchen and I'd like finished, it was like three hours had passed and it went in no time, and I felt really good about that. And I think that's really important as well as just like doing something. It doesn't mean that you're sitting on your arse, basically. Oh, my God, and looking at a screen. I don't know about you, but my screen time is through the roof. It's disgusting. But I'm trying not to beat myself up about it because, like, what else are we really supposed to do if we're not... No, I don't know. It's a difficult one, isn't it? I know. Well, I've, I've put in place, like, over the past week, I've forced myself to put do something for at least two hours without a phone or without a screen basically mm. and it'll be so I've, I'll I go downstairs and I read and then I make sure that I leave my phone elsewhere and or if I go out for a really long run or just do something that doesn't include a screen because everything at the moment is if you want to be social if you want to do a workout it's on a screen or it's yeah, on your exactly. television or it's like it's completely through electronics and I'm trying to like push myself to make sure that I'm not spending too much time it's really bad bad for your eyes I think it's the one thing I miss most about going to an actual gym apart from it being like a social thing is the being able to lock my phone away in a locker and just have the actual time to myself where I'm not staring at a screen I'm finding it really hard to work out because of that reason I think like I don't enjoy doing it from a screen like it doesn't like it doesn't motivate me to want to work out which is really difficult yeah I've I've quite like I've like tried a few different apps 
over the past few weeks and I've actually quite liked it um and I th- but I think for me it's been more just having the time because obviously now I don't need to do my commute so mm. I get like two extra days two extra days two extra hours in a day which means that it's a huge amount I of time yeah huge amount it's like an extra time to do a really proper good workout whereas usually I'd be rushing through it or something but I think I still don't enjoy the fact that I'm sitting staring at a screen in order to do it no I agree that's not as great what I have been loving and I know that you've been loving as well is the peloton um guided runs which you know we're not looking at a screen and we are running and so peloton basically for anyone who doesn't know are classes that include workouts including exercise equipment which you can buy from them but it's incredibly expensive but also on this app there are also outdoor guided runs there are body weight workouts there's yoga there's meditation and you don't need very much space in your house to be able to do it either and all of the music is accompanied by all of the workouts are accompanied by music that fits um yeah and it's good music isn't it it's not like stock music like have some apps have mm-hmm. and they have 90 days free so not sponsored by peloton but i would recommend downloading it definitely i mean any app that is going to get me working out to backstreet boys is a <laughs> one for me um so i was absolutely loving it yeah, i that thought it fun was great run was really good we both did a 90s fun run which um yeah included yeah the backstreet boys and i was just like huh, this is something i would never listen to but literally how much fun is this like it was and it kept me really motivated which i find quite difficult when you're running to the same music all the time mm. and also running the same routes that's something that i'm struggling with because you know if, especially if you're you're only going out for that hour a day or whatever you're going to be using the same paths the same streets the same roads Mm. so i find it really difficult to like keep running up and down the same roads in the same areas doing the same thing and then listening to the same thing like having my same running playlist going so something like peloton where you've got somebody completely different somebody talking to you motivating you it's just a lot it's a lot easier to keep that momentum up when you're not able to sort of go and explore like different different running routes or anything yeah definitely it's definitely um the closest i found to an actual gym class i think on an app yeah which i enjoy um what else have we been doing uh you were part of my birthday disaster so i mean it's not the worst thing in the world there are much worse things going on but i have had my birthday (laughs) during all of this and it was an actual disaster. I tried to host a pub quiz and my internet kept cutting out. So I kept being logged out of my own birthday. Um, no one could hear me. I kept muting it at the wrong moment. Basically, I'm not cut out for hosting virtual pub quizzes. I feel as if your birthday just didn't actually happen. Same. And I think like when, when everything goes back to normal hopefully sooner rather than later, then we can actually do a proper birthday celebration. And that's when you'll age. Like, I feel as if at the moment, no, you're not, I'm, you're I'm not moving anywhere. I'm still 28. You didn't, yeah, you're still 28. <laughs> you didn't move anywhere. That didn't happen. And yeah, the birthday, <laughs> the birthday was fun. I, I had a lot of fun. I thought it was hilarious. Um, and I kept automatically getting made the host every time that you dropped out as well. It um, felt very appropriate, is, though, that. Like, for me, that would, couldn't have been more perfect, because if there's anyone I would want to take over hosting or, like, being in control <laughs> of something, it would be you. <laughs> well, well, I don't know, because I somehow managed to just, like, 
continue to mute people every time they tried to talk and I didn't realize I was doing it so they were like well the host has muted me and I'm not allowed to talk I was like mm, and no one sure really why. like knew each other obviously there's pockets of people because I don't know why but I seemed I managed to just get all of my friends in one place because no one's doing anything which is yeah, probably yeah. the first like a first time ever that I've had a very very substantial amount of people anywhere <laughs> but it was too many like I had to do individual calls afterwards to like small groups of everyone and it took forever it was so lovely though but like at the same time just as stressful as an IRL birthday if not more yeah yeah I would say more actually <laughs> it was very so. funny though it was I had funny. a nice time um what else have you been doing that's been exciting well, um so my the epitome of my excitement over my Easter weekend was that I restrung my guitar Mm. which is the first time I have ever restrung a guitar. And I felt like that same level of, like, pride and, like, just complete utter awe at my own ability as when I, like, changed my first car tyre. Like, you know that You've changed a car tyre? What? (laughs) (laughs) You've not changed a car tyre. I have never changed... I don't even know how to put oil in my car. Like, come on. (laughs) What? I really, I really don't. I'm not even kidding. When I first met Cal, he like, after I think a few weeks, he checked my car like because he loves fiddling with stuff. Not a euphemism. Um, and yeah, no, he checked my car oil, and apparently I've been driving my car for uh, like a year without because I'd had it back for a year after it would like been into a garage to be fixed, and I've been driving it with no oil. So how it didn't like combust, I don't know. Oh my god, that card of yours, honestly, the death trap. The death trap. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing with it. I can't believe you've never changed a tire. But like, what? Have, have you never had a flat tire? Um, I think I've got roadside cover. I don't know. <laughs> you can't call roadside cover for a flat tire. <laughs> I think someone's always done it for me. I've got no idea. <laughs> like, I don't do things like that. That's very out of my comfort level, as would be restringing a, gu- a guitar, I reckon. Well, to be fair, I thought restringing the guitar was going to... I genuinely thought it was going to break my guitar. Um, and I watched loads of videos beforehand um, by all of these, like, pro um, guitarists on how to do it. And they had all of these tools, and I, I just had the new strings. I didn't have anything else. I had wire cutters, which I thought was quite impressive. Like, I didn't think most people would have wire cutters, at least. But um, I did it. I managed to do it, and it was really, really easy. And um, I'm, so I'm at my family home, and I've got two um, delightfully annoying cats. Um, so, yeah, Bagheera definitely got in and tried to, tried to help slash ruin my my restringing action many a time um which was actually quite funny um but yeah I was so proud of myself I mean I was proud of myself up until the point that I tried to tune it and have failed um and given up and now my guitar is just sitting staring at me from the corner um oh no that's the bit that I thought was going to be like an absolute bastard the actual tuning and getting it Getting it right. I reckon they probably just need to be tighter than you think they are because when I bought a new guitar, I had to make the string so much tighter. I had, yeah, I'd like, I'm just I, so nervous. I was tuning it and I was just like, oh, why won't it work? And I was, I spent ages trying to do it. And then I realized that they were just so out of tune that it was like the tuner had no idea what it was doing, essentially. 
um oh gosh but that was only because i put the notes up on like um on logic and then played them on piano and then tried to match my guitar to it and i realized that they were just way 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 too low and so they all just yeah. need to be like way tighter um yeah but yeah i mean sorry for anyone who doesn't play guitar because <laughs> yeah, sorry, that was a very boring anecdote for those that don't. But that it, it was an accomplishment for me. And I also don't play it very well either, so it's not as a... Oh, well, you and me um, both. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, what about you? What apart from... So you had birthday um, fun. We've done a couple of things. Yeah, we've done quite a lot of, like, together. we played poker last night and I smashed everyone <laughs> out of the park, I would like to point out, which was uh, very unexpected. Um, yeah, I'm still too. I'm still too. Like, I'm not over that. I think it's just because I didn't have a clue what I was doing. So, <laughs> just going with You're it. Absolutely throttled all of us. Like, I was shocked. Yeah. I do think that You're sometimes I play innocent and like, yeah. Uh, hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have. What have, what have I done? Um, I did a life of Ray Ban, which was really fun. And yeah. 40,000 people watched it, which is hilarious. It's like my biggest gig, but like, lol, online. Um, wow. It was really good as well, though. Oh, thank you. I, had... I was dancing around playing um, playing it while I was cooking, and my mum was coming in and boogieing with me. So you've got the double thumbs up from mother on that as well. Well, hey. Well done. Uh, no, it was good. And it gave me something to do as well, because I have been finding that I've been struggling with being self-motivated and productive because a lot of my work comes from you know like outside sources essentially um yeah. and I'm hired to do things rather than you know having an employed job but aside from that I've been watching I watched all of Tiger King which was um yeah I, I think you should start off about talking about Tiger King because firstly <laughs> I made you watch it so yeah, that I could talk so about I mean, it <laughs> yeah so the entire of Instagram um, as in the entire of Instagram has watched Tiger King apparently um, and everybody was going off about it and then you were like Lauren you need to watch it everybody's watched it do it and so I started it and I think I'd had I had one of the I think it was like a Friday evening I was having a couple of glasses of wine and I watched the first episode and I was like this this can't be this can't be real life like no way and it was like one of the opening lines is like from a news reporter that says that there's more um, tigers in the US in captivity than there are all across the globe, and I was like, how how is this possible? Like, how are we not how are we not talking about this more? And then I watched the second episode, and all of a sudden it became some like true crime drama podcast about something completely. Like this woman killing, like, potentially killing her husband, and I was like, I d "Yeah, I'm not entirely sure why we're all focusing on this. I'm still focusing on the 183 cats that are like in confined space." And so I had to turn it off. I had to turn it off because I drank too much wine for me to be able to deal with it from a level-headed perspective. I mean, the and tigers yeah. in the limo in Vegas was wild. Like, I mean, the whole it, thing is wild, but that was particularly like. I don't know, jaw-droppingly. I just, like, because I hadn't got to that point at all. I hadn't I hadn't got to it until I tried it again, and I was like, okay, a fresh head. I'm not filled with wine. I'm not going to be get on my on my soapbox. And then all I saw was this 
this guy come in and shove a Tiger Cup into a Louis Vuitton bag and take it to Las Vegas. And I flipped out. I was like, no, 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 not having this. Turned it off and just did not watch any of the rest of it. I was so disappointed. Like, I get, I don't know, I get that people, like, there was, like, intrigue from, like, did she kill her husband? And also, like, the characters in it are so bizarre and weird. Mm. And I get that people are interested in that. Um, and I love, like, true crime stuff. Like, I'm all over that. That's that's my brand down to a T. <laughs> but I was just like, how how have we, as, like, the whole social media, <laughs> the whole of social media and the whole of, like, society decided to focus on the fact that a woman has potentially murdered her, like, predatory husband who, like, captured her when she was like 19 years of age and he was like almost double her age like how are we focusing on that part and not about all the rest of the shit that's going on i don't know i think amid all the anxiety of coronavirus we it's something to find humor and relief in because it's like yeah it's so unpredictable and so sensational there are so many things which are just sort of like casually dropped in and you aren't expecting them. Like you could make a whole program about one incident that happens. It's so many ridiculous incidents that happen like one after uh-huh. the other. Um, and yeah, God, the relationships in it are predatory. Like all of them are predatory. And the yeah. fact that Joe is like a self-described redneck and he's gay, that's something that it's like dropped into the program really casually with him and his, like, gay predatory relationships with these young men, one of whom, spoiler, kills himself. And again, that's another oh really shocking... Yeah, another really shocking thing that happens. And it's just kind of, like, part of an episode. It's not even, like, a whole episode revolves around it. The whole thing is just so wild. Yeah, I th- I, and I, I think I get that. Like, there's so much in it. Like, I only watched not even, not even four full episodes. And there were so many themes that came out of just that small amount of content that I was just like, this is, it's like a circus, right? It's like all of, all of the worst parts or all of the like taboo topics of our society, like thrown right into the limelight. Yeah, Um, literally. So there's so much of it. And I think I, I get, I get that that's probably why, and yeah, you're right. People at this point, they want something that's going to bring them together. They want to like, they want to be distracted and entertained by something and like yeah and focusing on the animals it's sad it's almost too sad which is why i feel like that's not where the focus is and it's bloody carol baskin and murdering her husband which she definitely did Uh, what have you been reading um so uh this is really nerdy um (laughs) So I have been reading a book called Folk Devils and Moral Panics, um, which is by Stanley Cohen. Um, and basically, it's actually it's his PhD thesis that, or the study that he done, um, that he's pulled out and made into a book. And he's done a couple of updated versions or editions of it since. But it's, um, it's all about behaviour and, and society and the sort of role of the deviant or the devil um, and it talks it, the study itself looks at the role of mass media and their role in creating moral panics 
and then how society chooses what is deviant behaviour and what's not deviant behaviour and then how it reacts to those that they see as deviant and then how those people react to that to, to getting that label basically um, and I, I read it, I actually read it I think it was like my first or second year at uni um, and the reason I picked it back up was because just at the start of the COVID-19 situation when it hit the UK like you'll remember there was the whole mass hysteria about stockpiling and people, like the whole toilet roll like fiasco that occurred because um, everybody thought they were just going to shit themselves for like three months on end apparently mm. um, but basically <laughs> which just made absolutely no sense um, but basically like at the start of that and, and it's so true because at the end we saw there was all these empty shelves and you know you would have walked into a supermarket as did I and saw like things out of stock and there being no pasta there being nothing like that and then you saw the footage of like the NHS workers um, and that that video that went viral of the the women sort of like crying and being like, I've just came off a long shift, and I need to buy something healthy to eat. I need to buy fruit. I need to buy veg. And there's absolutely nothing left. So it did it did happen, but at the start, it was very much the media started to portray that this was happening. They start, they just wanted to show that there was people that were panicking and they were stockpiling and they were trying to make it something worse than what it was at the time. And it's they sort of sensationalised this idea of um, these people being deviants and being devils and going out and stealing all of these all of these um, essential items, basically. Um, so I, I picked the book back up just to like, understand kind of how that now reflects what we're going through and the mm. role of mass media and the responsibility of mass media to not not portray that and not create um, bad situations out of a bad situation that we're already in um but yeah so it's very nerdy book that I'm reading yeah, it <laughs> is. so interesting I've actually found that I've only been reading really sort of like fluffier fiction I tried reading non-fiction and I just kept reading the same page over because I'm usually an avid non-fiction reader mm. um, yeah you are but however yeah throughout this I've very much only really been reading fiction um books I can recommend which I've um, which I've already recommended on Instagram, but I guess I can explain a bit more about them. So, Expen- ex- <laughs> try again. Expectation by Anna Hope, which explores the highs and lows of friendship. It's it's really really good. I really enjoyed it. It flo- it follows the journey of three friends across a couple of decades, and navigates their roles as mothers, daughters, friends, and feminists. And it explores the space between sort of like our expectation and our reality. Because obviously the two are quite different, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. As we know. Um, and yeah, that's kind of it. Like, nothing much really... A lot happens, but, you know, nothing's really out of the ordinary. It's a very fulfilling book in a way because it feels reachable. Like, it could happen... The things that happen in the book could happen to any of us. It could be, like, literally our life that she's written yeah. about. Um, it's about a slightly older group of women but then I do find I don't know whether you do this or whether you used to do this but I always seem to read about the age above the age group that is slightly above me so like as a teenager no as a child I always read about teenagers and as teen like a teen I've always read about women in their 20s and now I'm reading about women in 30s so yeah yeah actually I think I think that's probably true I think 
I would never I would never pick up something now that's kind of reflective of my age range. I would always go and I would probably not read like a something about teenagers now either. Yeah. I, I mean think you kind of wanna look as to what what am I what am I going towards? What do I need to look out for? Yeah, and how, like what to expect generally and then mm-hmm. how do I react to it. Um Although saying that, the other book which I read last week was Adults by Emma Jane Unsworth. And Mm. I mean, again, she's older, but a lot of the feelings that were written about in the book I could really, really relate to. So it basically follows a neurotic protagonist who is a a columnist at a feminist magazine and has fallen trapped to sharing a more glossy version of her life online and really struggles with living in the moment. I can't relate to that at all. Does not sound familiar. No, I mean, I no. think it's something that we can all relate to, though. So, oh, for sure. Yeah, obviously, there's different levels to it, but something we can all relate to. Um, and it does feel really authentic to begin with, but I think the further in I get, the more annoyed I get by the character. But then, when it, by the end, I'm um, I really enjoyed it. So, mm. I loved it to start with. In the middle, I was a bit like, oh, I'm not sure if this is for me. And then at the end, I fell back in love with the main character. Um, but yeah, there's so much of her neuroses that I think lives within us all, as I've said, which makes it compelling to read. Um, she has a really controlling social media narrative and it's painful to read, but only again, because I think it's so relatable. But no, anything that makes you feel a bit more sane during these times are great. So yeah, I would definitely recommend that too. And both of those are fiction. Which for me to yeah. read two fiction books in one week... Um, that's so unlike it actually I know isn't yeah. it I don't think I've read fiction until like this year for years it's weird though because I I usually read fiction I usually read and I find it really difficult like because I I like that whole escapism of like fiction and sort of fantasy writing and that's usually my go-to and that's usually what I pick up and now I've been reading like a lot more non-fiction so I've been reading this um, and I've got book club that I'm reading for um which is another really, really heavy non-fiction book. And I think, which is very unlike me to pick up stuff like that. And I think that maybe it's just a sign of dealing with things a little bit differently. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why I wouldn't want to escape the current situation, though. No, that's true. But then again, I think during maybe everyday life, I am so sort of like introspective and I'm always trying to learn more about like how people work and why we do things which is why I read a lot of non-fiction and at the moment I just don't want to read it like I just need to think about something else because you have so much time sitting by yourself in your own thoughts that at the moment the last thing I really want to do is like really self-analyze myself when I've got self-analyze myself you know what I mean um when I've got so much time to do so like I don't yeah. need to be reading it about it as well as actually doing doing it so I've got nothing else to distract me whereas I suppose I kind of feel I kind of look at it is that you know I'm although I'm still working from home you know I've got these extra hours in the day mm. and so I'm doing something that I would usually want to do but I just never seem to have time for and I always pick up like a a fiction book because it's something to escape from and so that I do that usually in my day-to-day because I don't want to read something heavier I don't want to read a non-fiction when I'm like having a full day at work and having a commute and having to fit in 
cooking and all the rest of it around that. Yeah, of so course. now I'm like, oh, I've got some time to do some deep thinking and, and sort of self reflection, which, yeah. What else do you think that you've like, what else do you think has changed and then like you've learned about yourself because of the period that we're going through? Um, I would definitely say I knew this before, but I think it's reiterated the fact that I'm an introvert. Like, I, I'm feeling a lot more comfortable with the situation than I know that a lot of my friends are and a lot of my colleagues are. I find it quite easy not to have to see people and not have to do and I'm enjoying doing social things virtually and talking to people virtually but I'm not <laughs> I don't feel stressed out about the fact that I've not seen somebody face to face yeah um so I kind of know that I'm definitely an introvert and then yeah so I think I've that's just been more of a like sort of solidification of like what I what I think but learning about myself I don't I've learned that I'm a really bad singer, um, <laughs> which was actually a bit of a shocking revelation. Those really important um, self-reflections going on during the COVID pandemic. <laughs> some really deep, introspective thinking, and I can't sing, apparently. But I, which I was actually really shocked by, because I used to sing when I was at school, and I was in the school shows, and there's, like, video evidence of this somewhere. <laughs> and... I thought I was really good and then because I've been picking up the guitar again I was like trying to like sing along and I was like oh this sounds awful I've not played guitar in ages this is why it sounds no it's my voice did you try singing without the guitar though because maybe you just can't focus on both at the same time no I did I ran a little experiment Millie Uh... the cats ran into the other room Oh god. This was yeah. And I'd also like I I'd been thinking about joining a choir. So there's like a local choir that you can join that's like fun, it's nothing like too serious. Yeah. Um around where I live in London. And I was like really into it. So like this is gonna be great, get singing again, you know, enjoy it. I'm I'm not gonna bother. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna inflict that pain on that those poor unsuspecting people. <laughs> I don't think you're that bad. Oh, Millie, don't worry. I'll I'll show you at some point. <laughs> it's awful. I mean, I maybe, was... maybe not. Maybe we'll save my ears too. I don't know. Yeah, you, you just take my word for it. Yeah. I'll take, just take my word for it. Well, you can just send me a video and then I can, like, listen to it as I feel necessary. Yeah, like, way down low. I can, like, when there's no class five, around. Yeah, five seconds safe. and then and then pause, and then five seconds, a laugh and pause. I don't know. I would never laugh at you. I I mean, that's been my really deep reflection that I've learned during my isolation. And now Um, this makes me sound really wanky, because mine is deep. (laughs) Tell me about your deep deep reflections. Um, Oh, they're actually deep, and now I feel silly, but never mind. So I have realised, oh, we knew this before as well, though, didn't we? It's not like it's a realisation. It's just something I've been able to sit with and feel a bit better about. But um, how much my self-worth is tied up to work and my accomplishments, which I think that, again, it's something that a lot of people struggle with. Like, how do you, especially when you're self-employed and when you do a job that, like the one that I do, how do you not tie your self-worth into that? It's something that's quite difficult. And then that whole, like, I definitely glorify being busy. 
even though I like whinge about being busy I still Mm. love to be busy because then when I'm not busy I sit and like I then worry about like where my next job is coming from or if you know anyone's ever gonna hire me ever again (laughs) um you've never had those thoughts Melly I've never heard such things come out your mouth (laughs) what are you saying whereas like having this period where there were a few big jobs at the beginning which I missed and I felt Mm. really sad about like those lost opportunities um it's also given me that chance to like breathe and sort of sink into I don't know myself I don't really know how to describe it but with the without the pressure of like you know my an an email that could change my week or you know potentially my year without Mm. that being there I've just been able to like be myself which has been really nice um and yeah reflect on who and what I love which is the biggest cliche ever you're welcome but (sighs) oh yeah and realize that my worries are entirely narcissistic like when you're having to worry about your family getting sick and like because it's a reality isn't it and your friends getting sick like we don't know who this is going to affect and yeah that's my main concern I don't think that that's necessarily because you are overly narcissistic I think that everybody's like because we've never been in this situation right we've never not in our we've never had to have yeah not in our lifetime we've never had to have that fear over our friends and family to the extent that we do and you know you know everybody's got their own stories and might have went through um you know illness or or anything like that with their family or their friends before and so have have seen it in a in a very specific perspective but something like this we've never we've never came across so i think i think like everybody's probably feeling that sort of shift in mentality from from thinking that maybe we were too focused on ourselves and now all of a sudden we're thrown out to this massive big picture Mm. and i think that's fair yeah definitely um one thing which i mean terrible segue into this but one thing which i thought was going to be really fun was like i don't know i thought that we would have so much time and nothing else to think about so we'd just be constantly having sex and we really haven't been at all there is nothing less stimulating or horny than being in isolation together we've just taken to like farting on each other instead which is really sexy um yeah i'm quite jealous of couples that are like newly coupled up who are just having sex until it hurts every day which is what we do at the start of relationships isn't it but no that's not the stage i'm at in my relationship (laughs) i don't even know this is like (laughs) such such a sensitive subject i'm sorry (laughs) it's so testing i swear to i've just like tried to avoid anything to do with sex for the past like month like just and i think i think i'm trying to trick my mind into thinking that if i'm not thinking about it then i must be getting laid i'm just not even horny though that's the thing it's like that's so interesting how you're still horny and i'm like i couldn't be less horny what was that? What's that? Did you see the advert for the the Netflix program that's coming out? It's kind of like Love Island, but it's like the yes, I can't remember what it's called. But um, yeah, and they're not allowed to touch, and if they touch or kiss or have sex or whatever, they lose money from the prize fund. Yeah, they. So the advert is like two minutes long, and it's so intense. 
I was like, I'm just going to take myself off and go for a cold shower now. That is far too much, far too much sexual tension for me at this point. I can't be watching something like that when it's a month into quarantine and I'm living with my mother. This is not suitable. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) And I can't, it genuinely offends me, Millie, that you're sitting here telling me that you're not, you're not even bothering yeah, it's I'm sorry. We're not now. Wasted opportunity. And I just. <laughs> not happening at all. Oh, sadly. Man. But I mean, yeah. What can you mm. do? What can you do? Um, it's like the. Um, it's like the unexpected victims of the entire thing. It's just our sex drives. Yeah, that. And then we are mainly just sitting around in our pajamas. And not. They're not sexy pajamas. They're like. Oh no! You know, we're not going to crack off, crack out the lace teddy for isolation day thirty-three, are you? Well, no, exactly. And my issue is that that my my lace teddy, if I had one, which I don't, but if it did, if I did, it wouldn't fit me anymore. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, that is also the problem. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Don't know. Maybe if your clothes start not fitting you, then you'll just be walking around naked. And I mean, that's something. That's yeah. I mean, Cal probably still wouldn't be into it. I don't know. Um, have you been getting dressed and like doing makeup and stuff as usual, or because obviously you're still working properly? Um, mm. Yeah. So um, what have you been doing? So, so I did not bring makeup uh, to Glasgow to my family home because I thought I was going to be here for uh, probably like five days. Um, and then the entire of the country went on fire and went into lockdown. Um, so I've been here significantly longer. Um, it's like day 40 or something now. Um, so I I actually don't have makeup with me. Um, and I'm finding it really, I don't know, really refreshing, really great. Like I, I always wear makeup. I put on, I, I don't cake myself in makeup, but I'll always wear like a good amount of makeup to go to work and to get dressed and um, go out and stuff and so now it's really weird because I'm not putting anything on at all um, but I found that my skincare regime has dropped because I'm not wearing makeup so that's because, so like, weird the... so just because you don't have to take it off again you just then don't do yeah so like I'm not prepping my face so like in the mornings I'm not going through all of the different prepping stuff to put the makeup on and then I'm not going through all of the stages to get it all off and like to moisturize my face at night so like I'm basically putting on moisturizer but that's like it which is just so like unlike me and I think it's it's really weird because I feel as if it's not a case of me enjoying like letting my skin flourish it's a case of me just not really kidding <laughs> I don't think that's all that good but um yeah I've have you been putting on makeup no not really but then that's not really any different to usual yeah. I put makeup on for my birthday because it was like a special occasion and then to do the Instagram live for Ray-Ban but generally I won't wear makeup day to day for like leaving the house and for meetings um I'll wear it for like nights out and for work sh- like events and for shoots but like I don't enjoy makeup. I don't enjoy putting it on. I don't enjoy taking it off. I don't enjoy like, you know how people find it really therapeutic and love the process. I would just no. rather be in bed 
but then I've definitely cheated because I have microbladed eyebrows and I usually have eyelash extensions, which obviously I no longer have because um, they've all fallen off. But yeah, I don't, I'm not into, I've never been a big makeup person. I don't think I owned foundation until I was like 21. I don't think I even knew what it was. Um, oh my God. I don't know, I've just not grown up around girls who wear makeup. So I've just never... And also, YouTube wasn't really a thing when I was growing up, and obviously neither was Instagram, like it didn't exist. So um, the only people who were really made up all the time were celebrities in magazines, and that felt like a whole other world. It's not like it is today, where it's like literally at your fingertips. I'm sure it'd probably be different. Um, yeah, had I think, it have been. I think I've always, I've just always worn quite a lot of makeup. Like even, I wore makeup to school. Like I, yeah, I've always been quite into makeup and like, but I'm the same, like, I, I usually have false eyelashes, and now I feel completely bald. <laughs> um, it feels really weird. And I feel you. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not a nice look. Um, but I think, like, I'm just, yeah, I don't know, I don't, I'm not really struggling not wearing the makeup, and I don't necessarily enjoy putting it on. It's not like it's a whole thing for me. I don't like getting dressed up. I think it's more... I think it's more like a confidence thing. So even if, I don't mind if I go out and people meet me and I don't have makeup on, I don't feel, it's not anything to do with me feeling as if I I wouldn't want somebody to see me like that. Yeah. But it's more like the way that I am when I have makeup on and I'm outside. So I feel more confident and I feel like I'm more extroverted and I can say things with more like, I don't know, power and I feel stronger in myself. So I think, for me, I always wear it because it makes me, like, come across stronger yeah, when I'm at work sense. or where I'm, if I'm in a meeting or anything like that. Whereas now I'm sitting sort of behind a, de- behind a screen, nobody has to see me, so I can still carry myself with the same sort of confidence and the same um, sort of power and authority in a meeting as I would if I had a full face of makeup on. So, yeah, maybe that's the difference for me. That's so interesting. I don't. Yeah. I definitely do feel like that to a certain extent, because obviously, otherwise, I wouldn't put makeup on in the evenings when like I'm going out or whatever. Um, mm. And I do know that like if I do my makeup really nicely, it makes me feel really nice, and then it has the effect of all the ones that you mentioned. But I don't feel like on a day to day basis, I need it for that. But that's just me. I think it's honestly just because I've. I grew up with it being so unimportant. Yeah. And like yeah. not around it. Yeah, and I think everybody sort of uses makeup in a different for a different reason. Mm. And I think as long as you're not as you're not using it as like a barrier and you're not using it because you feel as if there's external people telling you that you have to, then you should be free to use how little or how much as you want. I think like I remember when Alicia Keys came out and said that she was stopping to wear makeup. God, that was and so was powerful. This... I remember that as well. It was brilliant. It was so good and it was so like empowering to everybody. But I did at the same time I felt a little bit of like there was this like shame element to it that if you still wore makeup, then mm. you were like almost saying that you needed it and that you were like masking yourself. And it's like, no, I I do it because I feel better and I feel more powerful, I feel more myself when I've got my full face on yeah exactly and even as someone who 
says that like you know I don't wear very much makeup I feel like that makes me sound like I'm up my own ass <laughs> like, like I feel like yeah. I'm saying I don't need it where I don't think that's a thing at all like I look at photos of me without makeup on sometimes I'm like oh fuck I probably should have put on some makeup but at the same time yeah it's like it's a weird one I don't think you can win on it it I think we just have to really appreciate that it's everyone's choice to wear makeup or not yeah yeah anybody can wear it you can and if you like i know friends that at the moment they're putting a full face on for their work and they're sitting at their their home desks they're not going on any video calls but sitting at their home desk with a full face of makeup on Mm. you know some of them put eyelashes on and they'll do a full day and then they'll take it off at the end of the day just like normal and if if that's what you want to do then that's what you do and that's absolutely fine and i think if you enjoy that if that's part of your routine if that's part of you keeping that sort of mental stability then go for it and i don't know if i had my makeup with me i'm i might still be putting it on but (laughs) i've just not got that choice i Um, guess it's like keeping things as normal as you possibly can right and then if that is part of your day normally then that's what you would usually do so why would you not continue to do it yeah exactly it's not harming anybody to for you doing it no of course not it's not against the government guidelines so (laughs) if anything i think it's probably like if you enjoy it it's a good thing to be carrying on although this is also a really great time to save money on makeup because that stuff is expensive that is true actually you can keep all of that all of that for the post-quarantine mardi gras that is no doubt going to occur yeah, following exactly. uh, the lift of the lockdown. To wrap yeah. up, shall we share some accounts who we've been enjoying while we're on lockdown and what they've been yeah. doing for us? I think that's a really nice way to end it. Uh, yeah, sure. Do you want to kick off? Uh, no, you kick off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, some people that I've been following... And just genuinely enjoying their content over this time. Um, so there's Jilly Isabella, who um, is on Instagram. Um, and she's uh, she's a Ouija, she's a Glaswegian, just like me. Um, so this is probably why I'm enjoying it uh, a lot more. Um, but basically, she's just really fucking sick of isolation. Um, and she just continues to put up herself moaning about the situation and to be honest it's just really refreshing because everybody and I really enjoy people putting really positive messages out there and all the rest of it but also like it is a bit shit sometimes and you you should be allowed to have that space so it can be really refreshing to hear somebody just fucking moaning about the fact that they're in isolation so uh she's been really funny um I also follow an Instagram account, Wear What Works, um, and she is getting up and getting dressed for like working from home um, every single day, and she's got some really good outfit inspiration, which is sort of forcing me to also change out of my joggies every now and again. So I think she's doing well for me, sort of getting getting up and getting actually dressed. Um, so appreciated. Um <laughs> And also, also, do you remember, what, what year of Love Island was it? It was the Chris, Chris Taylor from Love Island, like, not the one just gone, but the one before that. Um, he was, like, just a, a bit of a Joker character. Um, and he does all of these pranks. 
and stuff and has a massive like tiktok account but does all these pranks and stuff on instagram and he's just really really funny and he doesn't take himself seriously but he's playing this game of um fact or fake news where he says like this really obscure um yeah it's either a fact or it's completely made up and you have to guess which one it is and then he tells you the next day and i've been following that for a couple of days and it's great entertainment and i think that shows you just quite about my uh my level of entertainment at the moment that i'm following that quite closely <laughs> but um i've guessed i've guessed like two out of three correct so far so i'm pretty pretty chuffed pretty chuffed nice um, but yeah um who am i james blake comes to mind because he's been doing of course he's been doing live uh like live gigs on the piano and i am in love with him and i've been watch. you know how when people do lives you don't really watch them like you go in and out of it whereas i've been literally sitting on my phone with my headphones listening to everyone very 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 into it that's been amazing um made in poor taste which is a meme account <laughs> yeah um there's actually i'm not going to say that but <laughs> ignore that uh then what else what i ate for breakfast who i've loved for ages but she posts uh photos of her breakfasts and they are amazing they're just so good so there's like what's a good one melt in the middle cheesy bean potato dippers with eggs god the food oh that my she god, makes that just, so it's good. like heart attack food but all of it just looks amazing um who else have i been loving let's pick one more i'm just scrolling through my saved saved posts um worry lines which is an art who is an artist who draws really it's like cute but poignant art essentially and yeah i've been really enjoying his or her account i don't know whether they're female or male i should probably know that i don't um but yeah no it's really cute like graphics well, not graphics it's just like line drawings with uh with writing but no i really really like that it's like a nice escapism and yeah that's that's my rex oh there's also um i think you got me to follow the account it's um the instagram account your positive news oh yeah no um, i like that one it's good isn't it yeah i think that's just a really good one for like yeah after watching i don't know the daily briefing or the news or whatever or however you're keeping sort of in contact with all of the madness that's happening outside your four walls i think your positive news is just a really nice and uplifting wholesome stories um, oh my god also on that note the food medic so i didn't i don't know how i do you follow hazel i don't think so oh you should really Good follow time. her she's great so she is a doctor and she's also released cookbooks and like she's a pt uh so she does a lot um and well, she's gone yeah. back into working for the nhs at the moment. i think she did but i think she did kind of like a more a less a lot less than she's obviously doing now beforehand because she juggled like she's got you know her own business and stuff um yeah but she's now working on the front line and every day she does like a covid roundup so it's really easy to understand and if you miss the news or feel like the news is slightly overwhelming and too much information she li- like she breaks it down into like five bullet points of what's happened like what the rates are um yeah no she's fantastic and then she also posts work yeah. posts workouts so if that's your thing oh awesome yeah, it's like a real good variety of stuff but also quite uplifting and i don't know it's just interesting to follow someone who is working on the front line yeah yeah there's a couple of uh, sort of frontline accounts that i'm following and i know a couple of people that are there as well and I think 
I think we do get bombarded a lot with COVID-19 information and there's lots of different types of stories out there um, and you know if you if you want to find something out there is a way to find it out and I think everybody can can do that but there's also there's different there's different channels and there's different people that will say it in different ways that will make it more understandable or or make it a little bit less scary um, and a shout out to anyone to our key workers who are still working throughout this and risking their lives to help others which is incredible yeah, from the hospitals to the uh, supermarkets to the funeral homes, all the rest of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think it's just the sort of take-home message of stay home, save lives, protect the NHS, and wash your damn hands. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so if you want to find us online, you can find me. I'm at Millie underscore Cotton. And Lauren, what are we doing about your Instagram account? <laughs> Yeah, what are we going to do with that? I've not set one up. If Laura makes one for the podcast, I'll put it in the yeah. show notes. Um, and aside from that, how how was your first recording, Lauren? How'd it go? Yeah, okay. This just kind of felt like a, a chat. But I also had Prosecco to help, so that's probably why. I mean, I might get a Prosecco for the next one, but I'm trying not to drink for a while because I have been drinking way too much. Um, yeah. yeah it's easter it's easter though i'm allowing it exactly allowing it's still it. bank holiday um okay well thank you everyone for listening and yeah if you have anything that you want to say you know where to find us so take care and stay safe and stay home yeah stay safe stay home stay sane yeah okay bye bye